This is Rabbi Sharon Brous, Rabbi Adi Kar, where we're dedicated to reinvigorating Jewish community, ritual, and learning, all while laying the foundation for a just and loving society. You're listening to Ikar's podcast, where you can hear our sermons from Shabbat and holidays, our teachings, our guest speakers, basically anything we think worth hearing that we can capture and stream, you can listen to right here. The whole Megillah. I mean, literally the whole Megillah. So thank you so much for being with us. On a beautiful summer night a few months ago, I found myself at a new bar and performance space that sits on the Tayelet or Overlook in Jerusalem, overlooking the old city with its surroundings. And I was sitting with a new friend group made up of Jews from around the world, that shimmer of Jerusalem gold provided an excellent backdrop for those deep, beautiful, challenging conversations about Judaism to pour out. And I took a snapshot of the beauty and I felt a moment of wholeness about my deepening relationship with Judaism and the Jewish people. Yet that wholeness quickly shattered when someone turned to me and asked about North American Jewry. One of these new friends, a secular Israeli, casually said to me over this beer, after learning who I was, do you think liberal Judaism in America will survive to the next generation? I was a bit taken aback. I, I didn't know what to say. I, 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 I don't know. I said speechless. And if you know me, it's rare that I'm speechless. What do you think, she said. I, I, I don't know. Why, why don't we change the subject? I, I wish I wish I could. I wasn't worried. And I wish I could have defiantly answered, yes, we are the future of Judaism. But I hesitated. I couldn't say that because on many days, even if I want to believe that to be true, I'm a little worried about it. It's true. We are building a vibrant, incredible Jewish community here at Ikar. Yet when I look out, the North American Jewish community, we see less and less Jews actively engaged in Jewish life. I do not believe that liberal Jews are taking our obligation to the commandments seriously. I believe this problem is affecting the spiritual potential of our tradition, and it's affecting the connection we have to Jewish people of past, present, and future. While one could argue with me that all the different ways liberal Jews practice Judaism is beautiful, I'm here today to make a case for why I think that approach misses incredible potential. I'm not alone in worrying about Jewish continuity today or in the past. In fact, in Parashat Nitzavim, it's hardly the only time the Torah is deeply concerned with Jewish continuity. In a final sermon by Moses to the Israelites, speaking God's word, Moses is deeply concerned with what the Israelites will do without their daily guidance from him. Will the Israelites remember the covenant and all that God did for them as they journeyed out of Egypt? Will they be lured by idols? Will they remember the commandments? The parsha begins with a speech to the Israelites to ensure they accept the covenant with God before they enter the promised land. Moses directs the sermon to a wide range of Israelites, wildly inclusive by Torah standards. Moses calls out to the Israelite tribal heads, the elders, 
And then he continues to name the children, the women, the stranger, even the water drawer and the wood chopper. It's rare the Torah includes such a diverse group of Israelites standing before Moses. They are there to, quote, enter the covenant of your God, which God is concluding with you this day with its sanctions. The Kliakar notes that even as Moshe names all the groups of the Israelites present with plural language, the language around them joining the covenant is singular. As many different groups, they join one breed, one covenant. The Kliakar says the essence of joining the covenant is coming into a collective. Because of the nature of this collective, all of Israel becomes like one body. It goes on to say that if one limb was struck or in pain, the entire body would be in pain and sick. Taking this into account, the Jewish people are one body. All Jews are connected and responsible for the strength and health of that body. And when some of us go astray from the covenant, the whole body feels it. The way to fulfill our obligation to the covenant, Moses says in Nitzavim, is to do all of the divine commandments that God commanded them on that day. But it's not only the Israelites standing there in the Parsha that are obligated to these commandments. Moses tells the Israelites that God is not making the covenant with them alone, but both with Omed Hayom, the one who is standing here with us on this day before the Lord our God, and the one who is not with us here on this day. Midrash Tanchuma, a rabbinic teaching, says that all the Israelite souls were there, even the ones not yet created. That means all of us. Rabbi Abahu in this Midrash points out an inconsistency in the text, helps my understanding of what it might be trying to say. We know Moses said there are those standing there, are all standing firmly together to enter into the covenant. However, the Midrash points out that only those present were standing. The text does not say the souls to come are standing. The future souls, us, are just present, just there. So I'm wondering if it's on us, on the future souls, to fill the gap of that verb about standing together in the covenant. I see the text giving us all the tools to understand what this covenant is that our people signed up for. And our rabbis spend generations figuring out how that translates to law and practice. It is our responsibility, I believe, to keep the body of the Jewish people healthy and fulfill these obligations through our practice. The more I try out this idea, I'm empowered by it. I'm empowered by an obligation for me and for all of us to find a way to stand firmly in the covenant and follow God's commandments. I'm empowered by the security and camaraderie, holiness this uniformity can provide us. In our individualist and, and rather lonely society today, this countercultural act of an obligated communal law, in my mind, holds tremendous power for us. However, from where I stand, my optimism crumbles as fast as my mood on that overlook. Trying to play the role of doctor for the body of the Jewish people, I wonder, I worry about the health of our corner of the body. Forces me to question in this time, high holy days and self-reflection, are we as liberal Jews upholding our obligation to the covenant? 
at Ikar, our community has chosen consciously not to be a part of a denominational movement. And our Judaism is based around an interpretation of Jewish traditional law as a catalyst to make change in the world. We do this work as we navigate what it means to adapt our tradition to, moderni to modernity and a sensibility of a progressive American Jew today. Yet on the verge of this work of Cheshbon HaNefesh or accounting of the soul, we are about to do, I invite you to do some accounting from the angle of our obligation to the covenant. What does it mean to be obligated to Judaism today? Are you fulfilling your share of commandments the tradition demands on us? What does my practice as a liberal Jew have in common with another person's practice in this room or an Orthodox Jew's practice? The lack of clear answer that I can find, I believe, is our biggest challenge for the future of American liberal Judaism. Though halakha, or quite literally the way that Jews are instructed to live, has varied throughout centuries based on location, the 16th century Shulchan Aruch continued, continues to be the most influential Jewish law code. And for many observers, halakha is of a theological importance. However, I also see it as a way for Jews to feel the strength of community through Judaism. It's a sense of stability in a crazy changing world. Professor Emerita of Modern Jewish Thought of Hebrew Union College and a renowned Jewish feminist scholar, Rabbi Dr. Rachel Adler in her book, Engendering Judaism, called halakha a communal praxis or accepted practice of custom without which there is no lived community. Without a communal standard, what is Judaism? In this room, we have an incredible diversity of Jewish practice, from the way we practice Shabbat to Kashrut to observing major Jewish holidays, holidays and daily prayers. This diversity can be beautiful, but I'm wondering if this impacts the spiritual power, closeness of our community. Looking out into the North American Jewish world, we all know the general mode of operating is not observing halakha in any way. A strength of this community, however, is our incredible social justice work and ideas that can be felt throughout all actions and prayers at Ikar. This is an incredible contribution to the Jewish world and the world at large and should not be discounted. It is surely part of the covenant Moses is speaking of. Yet, I wonder if that's all we're obligated to do. See, asking these questions to you today feels good for me because it's helping me understand why I couldn't answer that question about the future of liberal Judaism. I fear, I worry, we are not upholding our obligation to the covenant without a communally obligated standard of practice. Even bigger than a Jewish continuity problem or a fear problem, I believe a communally obligated practice could change the level of spirituality and meaning our communities offer. Here's an example from my teacher, Rabbi Leon Morris, president of Pardes Institute, a reform rabbi. He recounted a story of a friend who tragically lost her husband, was left alone to care for three kids. She went to her rabbi, who happened to be a reform rabbi, for guidance on how to make it through this terrible time. Many of us, unfortunately, are familiar with the halachic obligated tradition around death rituals. 
So for this woman, the rabbi told her that she could do whatever she wanted to mourn. That's the beauty of reform, he told her. Yet it wasn't beautiful because the answer left the woman in even more disarray. It's a given that we can choose what we do in today's world. Yet what does it look like to practice a more obligated commandment-based Judaism? There is a prescription for this, maybe not the only prescription, but a prescription I see that's deeply ikar and could be deeply powerful for us in our communities. Liberal Jewish leaders have been calling for us to re-engage with halakha in recent days. Rabbi Morris wrote in 2020 that a renewed engagement with halakha reminds us that we are not isolated, but as Jews, we live in a community with other Jews. We can only truly live in community together, she says, he says, if our behavioral patterns are shared through our commitments. As someone who grew up reform, I was turned off by Orthodox communities I saw around me. Yet, as I met my now husband, Tzvi, who I know is, is famous around here, began, we began, or I began to experience a communally obligated Shabbat practice. And I was shocked to feel how the rhythm of the week spiritually transformed how I lived. I observed a community of modern Orthodox Jews on the Upper West Side of Manhattan with deeper communal bonds than anything I had experienced before in a Jewish community. I was blown away by what this communally obligated Judaism offered. Another example for me, which I began taking on during the pandemic, was daily prayer. After years reading secular thought leaders who encouraged starting the day with gratitude, I started to wrap to fill in and use the Sidor as a means for helping me prepare each day. Transformed the way I wake up. It wasn't easy, and at the beginning, I missed a lot of days. But I kept returning as if this was a commitment I was obligated to keep. And as I missed fewer days, the practice became more powerful for me. I know that Orthodox communities are not perfect, and I'm not standing here today to encourage all of us to become Orthodox. However, the prescription to re-engage with halakha, I believe, can afford us the opportunity to participate in this conversation our rabbis have for generations. Rabbi Eugene Borowitz, a great theologian of our time, wrote about a covenant theology for liberal Jews. One where we think about what sort of obligation and duty God requires for the Jewish people of past, present, and future. In his book, The Autonomous Jewish Self, Borowitz dreamed of a day when liberal Jews can create common patterns among us, a richly personal yet Jewishly grounded and communally created Jewish style or way, he said, would be the autonomous Jewish self's equivalent of halakha. Here again, he's calling for some sort of obligation and uniformity to build community with deeper meaning. Even though Borowitz rejects traditional halakha through a lot of his writing, he still writes about the obligation to the covenant we have, calls for a living relationship with God and Torah. As we approach these high holy days, I believe our central tshuva or return should be to honor the commandments of our tradition and begin to re-engage with them. 
back to Moses' sermon, God knows that there will be a temptation or tendency even to stray from the path. Yet in chapter 30 of Devarim, the, the word shuv or return appears seven times. Moses is reminding us, standing alongside Jews of past, present, and future, that we can always return, we can always return to re-engage in a deeper way with the covenant. It is only then that we will feel the blessing God gave us. So here's how I believe we can do tshuva and stand more firmly before God and the rest of the Jewish people in the covenant. Starting with this community as a leader for the Jewish world, I believe we should listen to the call of Drs. Adler and Borowitz and begin to craft a reimagined halakha. They ask us to build a halakha that first respects the dignity of every individual created in the image of God, but also a halakha that contributes to the Jewish story and history of practice that came before us. If we want to be active participants and players in the Jewish conversation over the centuries, we must participate in this conversation. Rabbi Dr. Adler believes no form of Judaism can live without halakha. She says orthodoxy cannot have a monopoly on this. If I were writing this liberal Jewish halakha, I think I would start with some practices for Shabbat. What if we carved out as a community some tech-free time each Shabbat? For me, and what I thought would be rigid, freed me to be creative about how I fill my day and experience rest in a way I hadn't imagined until I disconnected. The obligated nature of the act means that no matter what I'm in the middle of on Friday or whatever phone call I'm waiting for, the phone goes off at sundown. This is just an example, and I know there are all sorts of challenges to creating a new halachic system. However, I see the potential for this sort of system to be an incredible tool to enrich our own spiritual lives and the spiritual lives of many in our Jewish world. When the Kliakar said the covenant is a collective, the word he uses is aravut, based around the word for evening, erev. The word in Hebrew also means mixture. So I think thinking about an evening, thinking about a mixture, it's an apt description of that moment on a perfect LA night when the colors of the sky blue transform and create such beauty as they transition from light into darkness. This illustration feels so fitting for me when I think about the halakha I challenge us to create. A mixture has two distinct parts, similar to the way I imagine the two opposites of Judaism from the liberal Jewish side to the Orthodox Jewish practice of Judaism. Yet the collective of the covenant is where the two distinct colors overlap. For the evening sky to be beautiful, both sides need to be clear and bright in their color, but also overlap in this. This is how I envision us maintaining our distinct, liberal, inclusive Judaism, yet also finding moments of common practice based on the traditional halakha with the rest of our Jewish body. On a personal level, how can we have a more obligated Jewish practice next year? Moses tells the Israelites this commandment to keep the covenant is not too far from us. Lo ba he, as the famous phrase goes, 
It is not in the heavens. No, the thing is very close to you, in your mouth, in your heart, to observe it. What does it look like to use this high holy day season to explore what an obligated practice looks like for you and for our community? Are there Jewish practices and rituals around Shabbat, Kashrut, daily prayer, just as examples that you could consider adding to your life? This sort of Judaism, I believe, could have profound effects on our spiritual lives. Also, the bonds of our communities, what it means to be a liberal Jew. I firmly stand on the belief that this is the way into the future, one with meaning and connection for our communities. As I sit in rabbinical school, on the verge of entering the rabbinate, this is the Judaism I dream of. Ikar can be a leader in this return to obligation, and I invite you to the challenge of the task. Stand firmly beside me so I can go back to Jerusalem and shout from the rooftops what sort of redemption liberal Jews can bring due to our strength, innovation, and vibrancy we are bringing to the Jewish people's body and spirit. Over these high holy days and days of tshuva, may we return to a communally obligated Judaism that strengthens our covenant with God and the Jewish people. May we renew our covenant with a new spirit, just as our people have done for generations, constantly reimagining and reinventing Judaism to meet the needs of the day, yet remaining true to the core. And may this practice bring us a deeper connection with each other, a life full of meaning, and a vibrant Judaism that will continue to thrive for generations to come. Shana Tova. Amen. Hi, it's Rabbi Brass again. Thank you so much for listening. Want more content like this? I hope you'll subscribe. And please consider making a contribution to Ikar so we can continue to work toward the fulfillment of our mission to reanimate Jewish life, to embody moral courage, to nurture the spirit, and to work to decipher what it means to be a human being in the world today. Visit our website at ikar.org. That's I-K-A-R.org. And I hope to see you maybe even in person sometime soon.